and welcome back to Grace Talks, a Christian's women's podcast that studies the Bible, the women in it, and applies it to our lives today. I hope you've been enjoying the holidays and have some motivation going into the new year. I know I do, and I've been using that motivation for a few different things. One of those is starting a monthly devotional for this. So I'm super excited to grow alongside you this year. And what better way to do that than doing something new together? For January, I stumbled onto our topic in Philippians. And by stumbled, I mean I was reading the book of Philippians and a few different verses stood out. I knew I wanted to pick a topic that reflected the new year and motivation, and these verses for today spoke perfectly towards what I wanted to touch on. So let's set the stage. Philippians was a letter to the people of Philippi, written by Paul when he was imprisoned in Rome. He was writing to them to thank them for a gift they had sent him, as well as provide them some encouragement in their faith. In his letter, Paul speaks of his imprisonment and the hope that he still holds, the work he knows he has yet to do. So Paul's instructing them to stay unified and humble for God will work in them according to his will to fulfill his good purposes. Then in chapter three, Paul reminds us that we serve our God by his Holy Spirit and we have no confidence in ourselves alone and in our own abilities. Paul says that he wants us to know Christ, to know the power of his resurrection, to participate in his sufferings and become more like him in the process. He then says this in Philippians 3, 12 through 14 in the NIV version. It says, not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. That is such a good word. So let's break it down and really soak up what Paul is saying. He says, not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal. The NLT version says, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection. Paul, a really strong biblical man of God who had incredible intimacy with the Holy Spirit, a remarkable testimony, wrote a ton of the New Testament, and was, as he wrote this letter, he was in prison for preaching the gospel. And he's saying that while he's working to become more like Jesus, he's not obtained that goal because he has not reached perfection. Then the verse continues, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. The NLT translation says, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. This is teaching me two things at the moment. Our goal is to become more like Jesus and Jesus was perfect. And number two, even someone like Paul did not obtain perfection, but we must press on to take hold of what Jesus desires for us. But here's our hope and encouragement. Philippians 1, 6 tells us, he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. God saves, he transforms, and the good work that he has begun in you, he will continue to work in you until the day you meet Jesus face to face. It says that Christ Jesus took hold of you. Just close your eyes and picture it. The day that he grabbed you, stopped you in your tracks and said, follow me. 
All of this needs to be understood in the context of the rest of the book of Philippians. Just before this, Paul was reminding people that it was not by works that we are saved. Our ultimate goal of perfection will not be realized in this life. We are saved through faith, through our belief in Jesus as Lord and Savior, but we press on. We press on to transform ourselves into the likeness of our Savior. And then continuing on, the verse says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Again, Paul says that he has not taken hold of the perfection of Jesus Christ. But what does he do? He forgets what's behind him and he strains toward what is ahead. Have you ever watched a race, you know, a horse race or a human one or a sport where someone has to outrun another? Of course you have. We all have. Some of us have even experienced that feeling of pushing ourselves and just making it through the finish line, a hair in front of another. The guy who just made it into the end zone for a touchdown, the horse that by his nose won the race, the girl whose final leap broke the ribbon at the finish line. If you were in a race and you knew without a doubt that you would make it to the finish line and you could even win the race if you just pushed yourself, would you not get back up if you fell down? If you stumbled a time or 12, would you not brush off the falls and keep running? Forget what is behind, strain towards the victory ahead. Your past, it's behind you. Your sins, behind you. Your past life, it is dead. Praise the Lord, rejoice, as Paul says. Forget what is behind. Your future, an eternity with a loving and holy father. So you strain towards what is ahead of you, regardless of how many times you stumble. There's a perfect love waiting for you at the finish line. It says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. The NLT translation, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Do you see the goodness of God? The end of our race is heavenward. It will not be won during our short time on earth, but we have a heavenly prize in Jesus. He holds the victory and we are all blessed to share in his victory. Paul says in this book of the Bible that he has experienced the worst of life and the best of life. And he has learned to be content in all situations. How can this be? How can he speak with such assurance and hope and praise God while he sits in a prison cell? because he has joy in his race when he knows the outcome. My grandma's old study Bible phrased it this way, happiness depends on happenings, but joy depends on Christ. The race of life is going to be filled with minor and major victories and failures, but we have a hope. We have this joy because we know the outcome. We know our victory is sure. When I was younger and I wondered what I wanted to be when I grew up, I love to answer that I wanted to be happy, but how I feel is always going to fluctuate. There's going to be times that I experience happiness and grief and fear and excitement, but I can always have the joy and the peace of God. So here we are, the beginning of a new year that's going to be filled with good and bad, sprinting and stumbling, battles to be fought and overcome, and I promised you that I was going to speak on motivation. We can say like Paul that we want to know Jesus, to become more like him, but a race involves running and you may not feel motivated to run. 
I can tell you that I just went through a period of a few months where I didn't want to run. I didn't even want to move. But as MLK Jr. said, if you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But whatever you do, you have to keep moving forward. So don't depend on your own strength. Don't depend on fickle feelings to get something done. And motivation, it's pretty fickle. And the Bible says if a man falls seven times, he just gets should be getting back up. So what can we do to pursue our race of becoming more like Jesus, whether we feel motivated or otherwise? Tangible goals and a whole lot of prayer work pretty well for me. I have a few suggestions for where you're at, but you can make these work for you. Just write them down, set aside some time for them, create a habit for these influences in your life so that they become easier the more you press, you strain to do them, right? Like the verse says, and watch how much easier it becomes to keep moving even when you stumble, to keep running when you thought your legs should have given out by now. Um, so to start off with, if you are currently unmotivated, I've got a bunch of examples. The first one is to join a fellowship group, one that meets every couple of weeks, something attainable for you. And then you just have to make it a priority to go. You mark it in your calendar. You say, even when I don't feel like it, I'm going to go this once every couple of weeks, I'm going to go and I'm going to put myself in the presence of people who are going to be an encouragement to me in my faith. Another idea is to get a really simple devotional, one that literally takes a minute to read, and you just get in the habit of reading it when you first wake up or before you turn the lights off to get into bed, um, and you make sure that you do that every single day. It takes a minute. Instead of checking your phone, the first thing you wake up, you read that, or before grabbing out your phone to fall asleep, because I know, I know how that feels, you read that devotional, then you can turn off the lights and turn on your phone. If that's the, the stage that you're at, you just have to find a way to insert a little Jesus into your day. Another idea is to dedicate a week to only listen to worship music or Christian contemporary music or a mix of both or, you know, whatever floats your boat instead of constantly having radio, Spotify, Apple music, whatever it is you use to listen to on to just a station of what you're feeling like in that moment in time, turn on the worship, turn on the contemporary because worship really is an awesome opportunity to Put yourself in the presence of God when you don't even feel like it. It's an opportunity to find you and an opportunity to praise the Lord, even when that's not where you're at right now. Another one could be to find a routine that helps you initiate prayer. And I know that might sound like a bigger step than anything, but instead of normal daydreaming in the shower, make that your time to talk to God. Your commute to work when you're normally like listening to the news, turn on a podcast or just Spend that time talking to God. Little things like those where it becomes repetitive and helps you remember that those little moments, they're going to form habits for you to remember, oh, right, Jesus. <laughs> and you get back into a habit of thinking about him throughout your day. And then it becomes a little bit easier to do it more often. Another one that you can do is to fast from one social media app that you notice is taking up a lot of your screen time. You can choose to fast from it on the weekends or at nighttime, or for a week, and you can just see what else replaces your time and attention, and you just do your best to turn it to God, to the people around you, and internally to yourself, where you're at in your faith, and what you need to work on, and what you need to pray for. 
Um, another one is, I'm assuming if you're listening to this, that you may enjoy podcasts. And there's so many great ones out there. So many great messages now that you can listen to online. So make it a goal to listen to like one podcast a week, just to fill up your brain a little bit more often with messages on God, on faith. And then another one could be making a goal to consume a portion of God's word. You can listen to it on audio. You can read it, however that works for you, but just plan to read X amount of books by the end of the year and maybe break it down by month, but have a plan so that it's something that's attainable for you, but it makes you immerse yourself in God's word in a way that you otherwise wouldn't be motivated to do if you didn't have it written down and made into a priority for you. And then my next set of examples are all for if you're feeling motivated. The first one is, depending on your spiritual maturity, get discipled or start discipling another. Find someone to guide you or for you to guide starting this year. It doesn't have to be formal, but it helps a ton if you are involved in a church community, particularly if you're discipling someone else, you should be involved in a church community. And you're just going to draft out what you would have that look like. You're going to pray about it, how often you would meet in person, through the phone, online, for how long, Is it going to be something that's a few months? Is it going to be the whole year? Is it 20 minutes at a time? Is it texting? What is that? And pray, pray what it's going to look like. Pray who it's for. Pray for that opportunity to arise, whether you were the one getting discipled or discipling someone else. Pray for that opportunity to grow in your faith and or help someone else grow in theirs. And honestly, discipling other people, that's going to be a growth moment for you too. And you just have to, have the support of your church community in the process. And then also all power through God, everything that you're going to do is going to be stepped in through the Holy spirit. If this is done correctly and it'll be great. It'll be awesome. And another thing that's awesome is fasting. You can fast from food and you can fast from other things too, social media, TV, video games. Or if you're like me, you can even fast from reading for entertainment limiting the amount of books that you can read in a set time. You just set aside a period of time that you want to replace that time you would spend doing that activity or consuming that form of entertainment um, or making and eating that meal. And you replace it with God. It can be a week. It can be a month. It can be certain days of the week or hours of the day. Pray for what would be a good thing for you to fast from. Then make a plan for how you're going to utilize that extra time and then do it. Another one you can do is dedicate time to prayer and time in God's word. Don't let it be the last thing on your to-do list. It could be the 15 minutes you have while eating breakfast before work, or 20 minutes at the end of the day while you do your nightly routine. When I wasn't motivated and I was working 60 hours a week, I squeezed in time to read through the Psalms while I ate cereal before I left for work. And then I prayed on the way there and I listened to worship music. Sometimes my thoughts drifted. Sometimes I was tired and had to reread portions, but it started the habit to begin my day with God. And that worked really well for me. And right now I'm blessed to have the time set aside for about an hour a day to soak up God's word and just pray. So dedicate times and days that work for you. And you can always build on it once you've started that habit. Another thing that you can do is set aside room in your budget for Christian organizations and or your church. We're called to give our lives to Christ, and a part of that is finances. So you can trust in God to provide for you and allow yourself the freedom to help provide for others. That's a big step out in faith moment to participate in those kinds of things. So if you're motivated and you're wanting to 
growing your relationship with God, that's a great way to really set up another level of your faith with God and your trust in God to provide for you and help you provide for others. The last one that I have written down is to get involved in ministry or simply volunteer to serve at your church in your community. There are so many skills that make up the body of Christ. And I know that you have at least one of them. Are you good with tech or media? There's a spot for you. Are you good at working with kids? There's a spot for you. Youth? Spot. Making people feel welcomed? Spot. Event planning? Spot. Leading? Spot. If you have a heart to serve in humility, and we should all have hearts to serve, and it's in God's timing, there is a place for you in the kingdom to make an impact on people. And these ideas that I came up with, these don't even cover even close to all the ways you can help reach goals in your race to living like Christ. But it's a start. Pick just one or two to start off with. And as they become a part of your life, the motivation to keep running is going to grow. So I'm going to start something new and also pray with you. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you so much for the opportunity that I have to speak about you, Lord, to learn about you, to share you with others. Jesus, I want to thank you for the people who are listening, who are trying to walk closer to you in their faith, God, who are leaning into you and trusting on you. Jesus, I pray for the motivation to pursue you wholeheartedly this year, that this year can be a year of racing and sprinting, even in the stumbles, God. God, I pray that for the people who are lacking in the motivation to get to know you, God, that they know that they're not alone, that their race to faith isn't about their feelings and it isn't about the performance, God, because you have the victory for us, Jesus. It's because of you. It's because of you, God, that we get to know you. It's because of you, God, that we can have a relationship with you and others in a deeper, more intimate way, Lord. I pray that you encourage people to take the next step in their faith, God, the next step in their race to know you, to develop habits that help them become closer to you, to make a bigger impact on their communities and their churches and their friends and their families. Lord, I pray that you fill up the people listening right now with the Holy Spirit, God, in a way that makes them overflow in a way that makes them feel you like never before, fills them up with your living water, Jesus, satisfies them, quenches their thirst for their worldly desires, Lord. I pray that you deepen not just the relationship with you, God, but their understanding of you. I pray that their prayers become more intentional, that their prayers become more of a, a habit, God, but also something that they're excited about. They're excited to talk with you and get to know your heart and tell you everything that's on their heart. Because even though, Lord, you know all, you love to hear from your children. You love for us to bring our requests and our petitions before you. You love to hear our praise and our thanksgiving. You love to hear our hardships. You love to be our strength and our comfort. And Lord, we thank you for everything that you do, everything that you will do, God. We love you and we appreciate you, Lord. And we pray just to have the strength and the energy to run our races with you and for you, God, so that every time we stumble, we get back up and we keep going. And every time we know that we are loved by you, God, 
that we are filled up by you and that we cannot fail with Jesus Christ on our side, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I also want to encourage, and I will, I think, at the end of every devotional that I do this year, for you to read things on your own and to discover things not on your own, but with the help of the Holy Spirit guiding you. I really hope that you read the whole book of Philippians. It is four chapters, just a few pages. It's a great book. It really is. And I think it would be great for you to read everything in context and refresh your mind in your own time on the things that we talked about today. And then I would also encourage you to read Proverbs 24, 16, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27, 1 Timothy 6, 11 through 12, 2 Timothy 4, 7 through 8, and Hebrews 12, 1. So thank you for joining in as God is teaching me new things. I pray that these little devotionals are something that help out just one other person on their journey with their faith. And if you ever want to ask questions or have a deeper discussion on these topics, I always answer the messages that are sent in to any of the social media platforms for Grace Talks. And I would love, love, love to hear from you, pray for you, and speak encouragement into your life. Remember that God loves you. I love you. You are important. You have worth and you have a purpose. I'm signing off. I've got a race to catch. See ya.